everyone. My name is Katherine Gorley, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today for another episode of the Injury Prevention Academy, a podcast brought to you by Dorn Companies, the country's leading wellness-based pain management and injury prevention company. Dorn is committed to reducing costs of healthcare and workers' compensation, as well as reducing lost productivity, which has resulted in over $120 million in savings over the last 20 years for our clients. Joining us today is Martha Hagmeyer. Martha has a focus on total worker wellness and has over 10 years of experience developing and executing localized plans in 11 different countries in the biotech and video game industries. Welcome, Martha. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Catherine. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, uh, no I, I, I think... I'm really excited for our talk today just because I know that, you know, over the last couple of years, the focus on true total worker wellness has really come to the forefront with different companies. And obviously the last couple of years, it's been kind of a learning curve for everyone. Yes, I, I agree. You know, there are some organizations out there who wellness was a, was a thing for them before it even became a thing. Um, and, you know, the early adopters were in there um, with many organizations. But, you know, to your point with the, with the pandemic and, you know, what we've been through of recent, it's really put many initiatives, I think, that might have been kind of good to have or maybe nice to have in the forefront and put them in the fast lane um, to, uh, to bring them to fruition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think virtual platforms was a big part of that you know, for, for wellness, but also for connecting with your, with your workforce. And it, it really expanded at a rate that average workers had never seen before. You know, even Dorn developed a number of virtual solutions, most notably self, Self-Care Plus, in support mm -hmm. of clients because of this, you know, kind of separation between the yeah. regular office environment and and just where people were working. So what are some of the lessons that you believe that we can possibly continue to use as some of us create kind of a, what I would call a normal office environment, whether it's in the office or remote? Yes, great question, Catherine. You know, there's um, so many lessons that we've learned along the way and we continue to learn. And I think that's one, really important um, aspect that we all have to keep in mind is that the playbook hasn't been written and passed out now. We're still writing it, you know, as we continue moving forward and that's on a global scale. Um, and, but being able to leverage one another, lessons learned, um, you know, practices, things that we failed at and, you know, understanding why and then being able to share that out with one another is so incredibly important because one aspect of it too is something may work for one, not work for one organization and yet work for another. Um, so recognizing that, you know, we are all human beings and, you know, looking at things from a well-being perspective that we are looking at it from an individualized, um, personal approach for folks, um, you know, and really understanding who our demographics are, um, really understanding what it is that we're trying to solve for. Um, and that's a continuum. I think that that's a super important piece of it as well. So definitely um, one of the biggest learnings is that it isn't over and done with, if you will. 
Um, and, um, you know, you may have a great program in place, but the aspect of making sure you reevaluate it, you know, you know, two months in, three months in as, as things, as, um, as situations change, right? Maybe things change within your organization, mask mandates, do we have them, do we not? Vaccine mandates, do we have them, do we not? And again, that global, global aspect of it and, and what your company culture is as well too. Super important to take those factors in. Um, and then technology, as you mentioned, being such an amazing um, component that we can take advantage of. Um, I think, you know, many of us can say it doesn't replace the, uh, the in the room in person component, but it has really helped bring people together um, when done well um, and when done right. Um, you know, the, I, uh, I had the privilege of um, participating um, in Doran's uh, virtual physical therapy, and um, it was amazing to be able to experience it and to provide some feedback from both a user as well as a corporate professional in, in well-being to be able to give that feedback. And again, there's great companies out there that are that forward thinking that people should really look at to take advantage of that and what else are they doing because they're not just keeping one solution, right? They're continuing to evolve and staying ahead of the curve. Um, and so I think looking at organizations that do that when you are looking for solutions is, um, is really um, a smart way to go. Yeah, and I think, I think almost re-educating ourselves and kind of gaining a better, better understanding of the true difference between you know, going to the doctor through your insurance as opposed to wellness. And I think that the, the mental health aspects of it um, as it pertains to overall employee wellness, I think has really come to the forefront. Absolutely. You know, there's so many great organizations out there. Um, Mental Health of America, for instance, which also has an international branch. I mean, there's so many great organizations who are true advocates of mental health. And I think it's one of the important aspects when we when we look at mental health and how we even talk about it um, from the aspect that it's it's, you know, we talk about physical health and we automatically think of physical health. We see pictures of people who are very fit and running and, you know, doing all kinds of great yoga moves. But yet when we look at advertisements about mental health, we see people holding onto their faces or being upset. And it's just, it's interesting how we, how we make that, um, just, you know, that, um, that correlation there, which I think is, is, can be adjusted quite honestly, um, and really instead thinking about it, coming at it from a good mental health perspective. Um, and, I, and again, there's the continuum that, you know, when we may be in crisis, but we also just may be having a bad day. And so right. organizations, organizations being able to acknowledge that and being able to say, hey, let's meet you where you're at. If you're just having a bad day, what solutions do we have? Do we give you an app like Calm? Um, do we, you know, or do we have um, other um, stress management applications? Or is the, are you at a point where you, maybe you do need to see a therapist and that's okay too? And what kind of programming do we have for that? So again, that full continuum and spectrum, uh, allowing the employees to experience the mental health that they are experiencing in the moment and being able to say it's okay because we have solutions for you. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the 
one of the difficulties that a lot of companies ran into in the last couple of years is so many employees were working from home, but how do you promote and truly implement wellness for for everyone within your workforce, whether or not you know they're they're virtual or they're they're truly physically in the office? And I yes, think a lot of yes. different companies ran into not sure where to approach it with, you know, um, but but also how to really have each of your employees feel like they're involved. Yes, so true. And, you know, it really comes down to the bottom line of education, right? Both for the employees and for, and honestly, for the company to take the step back and say, what do we have in our toolkit? What are, what are our benefit offerings currently? You know, what's our EAP usage as an example? What, uh, what is the usage of it? Um, and um, is it effective? Right? and being able to, to really take a good look at that and then partnering with those organizations, with your EAP and saying, okay, clearly we need to level up. If you guys haven't already thought about it, how are you addressing EAP for our folks who are virtual as, you know, as opposed to being in person, right? Um, and being able then to then, again, as we were talking about, then you get to the stage where you're now back on campus. Okay, what does the EAP program look like now, right? So it's it's taking a look at these programs of each stage um, that your organization is going through, all the services that employees have, and being able, most importantly, Catherine, what you said, the communication is so key. Um, and employees are getting inundated with so much information at different times, being really succinct. Um, having the message ideally come from your leadership, um, whether it's your CEO, your chief people officer, you know, um, and the managers as well, too, of course, reiterating, you know, that, yes, this is something that we believe is important and, and I'm doing it, too, right? Walking the talk, if you will. Um, but having very clear bite-sized messages go out to your employees about what are the offerings that we have. Um, you know, providing hyperlinks, if you will, to maybe you have an intranet page or something um, to the employees and just reinforcing it, constantly reinforcing it. You know, what does your company's homepage look like? Do you have a section there just about the top resources around mental health, physical health, these kinds of things? Um, I think that those are, those are easy wins. Um, and um, I think that um, once we can get those in the hands of the employees um, and they recognize that it's there um, and that it's okay to use, I think that's the other big one. Um, testimonials from fellow employees, especially leaders, saying, mm -hmm. you know, how they've used something or even if it wasn't their own personal experience, how it benefited somebody else within the organization that they know. Um, there's nothing more empowering um, than hearing someone else's success story. Yeah, and yeah. I think um, having a, a company, let, letting their employees know that that communication is okay. It can't just be, you know, say, all right, we're going to implement a wellness plan because we've been told we have to do it. And, you know, we'll send off a single email and, oh, cool, we're done. No, right. this is about creating creating a true communication between your, your senior management, your supervisors, your, your workers, whether out on the floor or out in the field, and, and creating that, that open line of communication so that if someone recognizes that they need that wellness plan, 
they they feel like you said empowered to actually say something about it absolutely and i think for those that are doing the communication about wellness it's so important to interweave it into all aspects of what employees are doing professional development for example there's let's just say there's a program that your learning and development team your hr team is rolling out that has to do with employees and um you know training for managers what aspect you should be asking ourselves what aspect of well-being are we embedding in that training for managers such a great opportunity to help managers also look at their people as people, especially as people managers, embedding some well-being aspects, knowing the basics about your EAP program, your medical dental vision program, if you have a M, you know, uh, MD Live Health, you know, these kinds of things, just the basics. Um, and again, reiterating that to managers, where do they find that so that when they're having a conversation with their employee and who knows, something may come up where they're asking a question about it, that they can go, I know where to point you to. And that really shows that there's a culture of well-being rather than just, as you were saying, checking the box, oh yes, we have a wellness program. Right, and, and, and recognizing that I think is really the, it sounds really strange, but it's, it's one of the good things that came out <laughs> Of, of the last couple of years yes. is, this, is this absolute shift, but kind of laser-like focus on mm -hmm. making sure that employees are, are, are taken care of. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. with, with regular work, but even with remote work, your professional life and your personal life, it really blurs together. You know, oh, what, yeah. what you're doing at work, when, you know, even if you're in the office, directly affects how your after work life is going to be and then even more so with remote work where sometimes you're you're in the exact same space that you're making dinner exactly as, as exactly you're, you're so, so spot on Catherine so spot on with with the whole which is um you know where i come from with a with a holistic approach around well-being that it is truly mind body spirit financial and social. These are all aspects of what you were just describing, you know, if, and being able for, um, for a person to be able to recognize where is there their imbalance in the moment of, um, of their well-being and being able to know where they can go to the company resources to be able to say, okay, you would want your employees, the first thing to say is, gosh, I'm really struggling about finances. What do I do? I know. I'll go to the company website under well-being and I'll see what resources we have available as a start, right? Like mm -hmm. that would be, again, it's that culture of well-being that you want to foster in an organization and employees knowing that there are all their aspects of themselves that can be addressed and supported through the organization and their partners. Right. And, and I know that so much of it is about I think keeping that work and life separate, but it's also understanding that correlation. And I know that, especially for remote workers, as, as they started to navigate this whole idea of working from home, I know that workplace fatigue became issues as those kind of balances began to blur. blur. Um, even nutrition, working from home, it's so easy to, to get up and grab a snack as opposed to, well, you're at work, you haven't brought that. Uh, so yeah. I'm 
I'm I've been brainstorming ideas and, and and talking to to a lot of different people like yourself of how can you ensure that employees can stay healthy um, but also injury free while working from home. Yeah, great question. Yeah, you know it is really first being able to self-assess. You know what does your work environment look like right now? Right. Hopefully, with a lot of folks, when as you were saying, um, I know from my own experience. Folks were sent home and, you know, they had their laptops and that was about it, right? Um, yes. And so, you know, people working at their dining table, working on their bed, you know, on their actual bed, you know, there was a lot of that going on. And so taking the step back and as an organization, and I believe a lot of organizations have now, you know, for, as we've come through to where we are, but if they haven't, and if there is still, you know, the question around is to be able to take that step back and say, okay, what do we agree in working with an organization like Dorn, being able to say, what are the things that fundamentally we need to have to have a proper workstation for someone working from home? What are the basics? And so, um, you know, I had done that with my partners um, in the organization previously. And, you know, we came up with the checklist. These are the basics of what people needed to have. People went back to the office and were able to pick those items up, or in some cases, items were sent home to them. Um, and so being able to have a basic workstation and then being able to also provide them great programs around education and training. And what does that mean for you? Like, yes, you can sit in a chair, for a certain period of time, but then what does the rest of your day look like? And how much movement are you getting in? You know, many of us are uh, have been on Zoom or other, you know, um, camera camera related programs and meetings, you know, back to back. When we were in the office, we had a meeting, we sat in a conference room, we said, okay, great, and got up and we walked away to another room. Um, and so being able to give yourself um, that time between meetings that you normally would get up and going and getting a glass of water and coming back, doing a couple of quick stretches, you know, again, Dorn has some great, um, you know, stretching, but there's many other applications and programs that have just simple stretching exercises, rolling of the shoulders, et cetera, these kinds of things, just getting up out of your chair for a while. Um, sit stand desks, of course, are awesome. Um, and you don't know if that is something that organizations have, but the interesting thing I think is, and this is why I love the education, is, you know, you can give someone a tool, a sit-stand desk, but how do they use it? And teaching them how to use it. You know, sit-stand desk doesn't mean that you stand eight hours a day your first day that it arrives, right? You, right. you know, how do you build in those time periods to, to take a break, to sit, to, you know, you have to build up to standing and then even then taking breaks to sit. So, it's super important that when you provide, I'll say, toys, tools, functional toys, if you will, um, to employees, that they also have to understand how to use them. Because to your point, when they're at home, it's they don't have the luxury of the um, subject matter experts there on site with them, whether it's an ergonomist, someone from workplaces, or what have you actually sitting there and telling them, you know, what's going on. And again, that's why I love with Dorn is being able to have someone that can help you with these kinds of things and other partners as well, too. Right. And, and, and stressing that an importance of true ergonomics in the workplace, you know, um, even understanding that, especially if you're, you know, my my desk, I'll have to say is 
is just a standing desk. I have this old school, just really gorgeous desk that I found. Uh, but understanding that even the difference of lifting your computer screen, say five to six inches, is going to make such a huge difference if say mm -hmm. someone is working from a laptop because mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're, you're going to feel those pains in your neck. Your shoulders are going to want to hunch forward just, just automatically. And I uh -huh. think getting, you know, knowing the, the importance of getting up, stretching out your shoulders, uh, you know, really conditioning your body to be able to move the way you need it to. So when you get yeah. up from your desk, you're not, oh my God, what have I done? Right, exactly. Well, you know, there's that old saying, motion is lotion, and it, and it absolutely still <laughs> rings true, you know, even more so today, um, mm -hmm. because we, and uh, because of the situations with, you know, meetings, and that would be one thing that I would say, too, is, you know, managers and leaders, and, and, you know, wherever you are in any kind of leadership role, and that could even be you're, you're creating a meeting with your colleagues, is setting the boundaries of a meeting. Something as simple as, okay, we are going to have 45-minute meetings. And, and, and so that, that becomes the norm, if you will. Mm -hmm. And you can create the norm. You know, you, be, you know, you could be the change agent to make that happen. And to be able to allow folks those 15 minutes to, you know, reset for the next meeting, go get that glass of water, get a quick stretch, whatever it might be. But by um, giving ourselves just, you know, that, that bit of time in between um, speaks volumes, again, about that culture of health and culture of care. Yeah, and, and is that where you really see the future of, of total worker health kind of heading? Is people taking those lessons from those last couple of years and starting to really implement how they are feeling better, how their employees are feeling better, and creating that culture? Yes, 100%. You know, I think, again, going back to the lessons learned from what we've been through and seeing what other organizations are doing that have been made things successful, um, that connection, the social connection, if it's, if it's um, you know, a big piece to it is measurement, right? Yeah, I know you're you're keen on that as well too. Is what is it that we wanted to try to achieve? And while we may, even if we didn't hit exactly the mark, did we make improvements? And what were employees saying about that? Now, do they have? Do they feel that they are? There's this culture of care that it's that, you know on a scale of one to ten. Where do they see that? If you can hear from your employees that there is movement in the positive direction keep doing it, right? And learning from other organizations of who and what they're doing that have created those success factors as well. Um, I think it's so important and, and just really adds value to an organization. And, you know, when you think about keeping and re retaining your talent and, and getting talent, you know, there's such a big shift with employees. I'm sure you've read about this as well, too, where folks are, you know, taking a step back and going, well, if I can't work remotely, I don't know if I want to work for this company anymore. Now, obviously, there are certain roles and jobs that, you know, you have to, right? Um, but if, if people are looking for that kind of flexibility and, and they hear that you can work remotely, they're right there is one of those checkboxes of a culture of care. So right. The and, more and that can... Can... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was okay, 
the, the more that I think companies can communicate with their employees that they have a focus on total worker health, that they have a focus on wellness, you're going to see that retention. You know, employees are going to stay with an organization where they feel like they're being cared for. Absolutely. You know, it used to be, this is like, uh, obviously pre-COVID, but it used to be the, you know, what are the amenities that the company has on site? And don't get me wrong, those could still be amazing. But again, we're talking about this new world of hybrid workers. And so there may be folks who need to 100% be, you know, on site and those that could be, you know, 100% off site. And then there was those that's a hybrid and many of those who might choose to be a hybrid. And so being able to have the option of, because you, you, again, you wanna make sure that you don't have these two camps, if you will, of the on-site versus hybrid. And the on, oh, if you go on-site, you get all these great amenities. And if, you, you're, but if you're off-site, you don't get those, right? So being really careful about whatever you're gonna do for one part of the organization, how do you make it virtual? How do you, allow for something comparable to those that are working remotely. Right, and you know, especially in the tech industry where so many employees, I feel like they've adopted that kind of hybrid or remote uh, system because, I mean, you don't need necessarily, um, in, in a lot of different organizations, you don't need a true working office you can have those remotes you can have everyone working through a computer to to connect in that way um, but what common what common strains and, and work-related injuries have you seen with office workers in the tech field yeah definitely a lot of tech tech so you know that you were describing this you know looking down at their computer and the shoulders and their neck mm -hmm. um, a lot there back as well too um, and um, actually not as much risk as I would have originally thought, um, but definitely the back, I attribute that to the sitting um, and then the tech neck. So definitely a lot of upper body aches in there. Mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned people taking those breaks in order to kind of reset their bodies. And I think that's where that kind of comes into play. And and I think so often in those tech industries and the office environment, kind of, you know, even remotely, you have the focus of I'm going to sit in this chair and I'm going to be at my computer and I'm going to work. But but understanding that that's where those those work related injuries are happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And giving folks permission to be able to get up and get away from their desk, um, you know, people even just setting their own boundaries. We talk about self-care, right? And so being able to say, you know, these are the, these are my hours, right? These are the times that maybe I take that hour during my lunch break. You know, if you used to take your lunch break when you were at the office and you went and you had lunch with, you know, a colleague or on your own or went for a walk, re continuing to, to make sure you have those in your life when you're working from home. Um, as you started off saying um, almost in the beginning is many folks sort of the blurred line of I'm going to work till, you know, till it's dark or whatever it might be and just continuing throughout the day and being able to, you know, bring those healthy habits in and um, the healthy habits that we have had and bringing them into your home office space is super important. Absolutely. And I think 
obviously with with I think with everyone becoming more and more comfortable with the different technology solutions that either your own company offers or different companies offer, uh, you know, like I said, like self-care plus, and we, we offer live self-massage trainings for office and remote yeah. workers. You know, what, what do you believe is the role of, of true technology in, in safety and in wellness? I would say, you know, it's definitely there for education. I think it's a great support mechanism um, mm -hmm. to reinforce good, healthy habits. I think when, when you have the right solution and the right partner that understands your company culture and being able to make it that personalized approach that we were talking about, um, to reinforce the values that the organization has um, and the values of the people that it reinforces through those services that it offers. I think that is, that really speaks volumes. And that is when people will use the technology, you know, understanding your company culture, um, and then having a partner that can help uh, create programming that really does feel like it's personalized. Um, I think that is where technology can really be an added value versus someone saying, Oh, great. Now I have yet another app or another, another thing on my phone that I don't even use, right? Because that's what we really want at the end of the day. We want people to be engaged. We want people to participate in their own care and to know that the organization has been thoughtful in their approach and in the care that they are offering to the employees. Right. And, and I think having those tech solutions, um, being able to be personalized for your employees because one issue that affects an employee is not going to be the same issue that affects that affects the person next to them. And I think mm -hmm. having that personalized output or that, that personalized view, that personalized kind of almost one-on-one -on -one approach to, to, to safety and wellness, I think is actually going to propel the growth of a company. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, you know the um, the fact that the that the technology itself, if it's um, if it's personalized, and you know, there's so many. I mean, again, we're talking about technology. There's so many great algorithms. There's so many great organizations that can help uh, a company understand their their population, their demographics, and you know, it's. So because I think sometimes well-being can feel over, overwhelming um, because you're, you know, here we are talking about a, um, a personalized approach and you might have, you know, 13,000, you know, 100,000 plus employees and you're thinking, oh my God, how are we going to make this personalized? But there's, that's where technology can be such a great leverage and being able to, um, to hone in so that people actually self-select into many things. And knowing that there's the benefit, if I'm willing to fill out this profile, what's the benefit to me as an employee of the information that I'm going to get, right? And so mm -hmm. if that's marketed and, and shared with an employee effectively, there's the technology and the, um, the communication and the usage behind it, um, you know, will, will speak volumes to the success of the program. Right, and I think that shift into 
growing an organization with that personalized technology with with employee wellness it's it's going i feel like it's going to become kind of a new normal for people mm -hmm. working in an office environment having those those technologies at hand to to benefit every aspect of your life absolutely absolutely and it's and there's so many simple ways that organizations can do that you know so which we're right now, you know, we're obviously, you know, pretty much at the end of our, our flu shot uh, era, if you will, for mm -hmm. the season, right? Um, but, you know, thinking about it from a flu shot reimbursement program, right? So traditionally, we would have a on-site flu shot clinic. Okay, that's, that's great, right? And so again, looking at you've got your, your two camps, right? You're on-site and you're remote. And so that's great for your on-site, very convenient. Maybe you go to, you offer a drive-through one. So again, that maybe that takes care of your on-site, maybe some of your remote, but convenience, right? Because we're thinking about that aspect of it. So having a flu shot reimbursement program where employees could go to any, um, you know, accredited um, vaccine provider and, you know, get their flu shot and then submit a reimbursement form, something like that. Like, mm -hmm. again, that's taking it to the next level. So why not offer all of those, right? And so that would be the, just one example of something that I would say to our folks listening is when you're looking at your service providers, start having some of those conversations with them about the three different kinds of employee that you might have and how can they scale their services. And maybe some of them haven't thought about that yet, but that's where the dialogue begins, right? And a good partner will, a good partner organization will say, even if they don't know, like, huh, let's try it. Let's see what we can do, right? Right, and I think having that you know, like we've said, that open communication as to what works, what um, what might not for certain people, but what you know what works for others. You know, have having that dialogue is so important, and especially as you know, because because every single organization that you're going to go into, you're you're supporting a multi generational workforce. You're supporting a a very diverse cultural workforce and sometimes even global workforce some some of your employees mm -hmm. are here in the us some are in canada some are in the eu so so how do you how do you feel like like workers can be supported um, through wellness and and leadership support when sometimes they're 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 separated by some of those issues yeah great question so i think really for me, it comes down to having a, a global philosophy and then those localized solutions. And what I mean by that is, so what is the global philosophy? And that really comes down to having those conversations within leadership with the wellness committee or, and you know, your influencers and leaders to say, what do we believe is important for well-being? And then being able to say on a, on a large scale, and then being able to take that down to the next level and saying, okay, now what does this mean in Canada? Just to your point, what that means in Canada and what's available in Canada and even within the different provinces within Canada, right? Um, there's so many nuances there, but being able to then work through that. But as long as everyone agrees on what it is that is the global philosophy of what they believe the value and the goal is that's important, everybody can stand behind that and there's more buy-in 
from leadership globally. There's more buy-in from employees globally because one part of the company or, or a country or, or location isn't getting something better or less than another, right? And, um, and it really helps equalize, I will say, um, because it's um, when, you, when you make it more of a localized solution, employees, again, understand that there's that thoughtfulness that went into what's available and what's possible. And also as an organization, being able to help manage the budget to be able to understand what's available and what's possible. Right. And then even taking, like, let's say you don't have offices around the globe, you only have offices or like a single office, even creating that, that communication and that global outlook within a single office, you know, understanding that within the multiple generations that are working within that office, there are different there are different ways that you can approach each of your employees, but ultimately yes. it's what's bringing everyone together. Yes, that's very true. You know, so it goes back to our communication styles, right? So what is available to you in your toolkit as an organization? Um, you know, as far as communication, do you have TVs across the campus for digital signage? Do you have are, you know, do you do flyers, you know, just back to the old school paper um, posted in the kitchen areas, right? Um, you know, do, uh, do you have um, channels like Slack channels that people can subscribe to? Um, you know, um, ERGs, employee resource groups, you know, do they have a, a vehicle of communication? Um, your intranet site, right? The site where employees go to for information. I think that's one great um, great concept that you brought up, Catherine, is I'm thinking about this from all the different types of ways that you can communicate to the different generations or just different pe people's styles, you know. I found mm -hmm. it really interesting, um, you know, in, in my work where I found that, you know, I might think, oh, this, you know, 50-plus person, they just want a mailer sent out. And they're like, are you kidding? Like, put it on my phone. If it doesn't come onto my phone, I'm not even going to notice it, right? So, so, you know, we don't want to want to be careful not to stereotype how people take in information, but being able to put it out there in multiple ways um, so that um, people can grasp it um, comfortably in a way that, that makes sense for them. Right. And, and, and understanding your employees and creating that communication, you know, like I said, is going to allow your company to grow. It's going to create that culture of wellness that is going to, is really going to benefit everyone within the organization. Yes. And I think when you can get your leadership um, on board about what the value is, what your, what wellness and well-being means in that organization, you know, that lends to the support because anyone listening to this, I, I hope that they think about using their resources, meaning their, their colleagues in HR, their colleagues in workplaces, their colleagues in legal, their colleagues within marketing. You know, it's a great when you can have um, a, um, an elevator speech of what well-being means to the organization and be able to evangelize on it with others and finding those champions that say, hey, yeah, I work in marketing for, you know, the organization and I, you know, design games or, and, but I am such an advocate of well-being. I think, you know, it's so important. I'm happy to like be part of your wellness committee 
and, you know, work to create this um, movement within the organization. Um, because it's important, I, I know that many of us as, as well-being professionals tend to, uh, you know, feel like we're carrying this load ourselves. And, you know, that leads to so many, you know, other things like burnout and, and, and so many things that, you know, just the, the, that take away from the cause. And so being able to share the passion and share the desire for change and for the company culture of health with others in the organization that don't necessarily wear the same hat as you really can help uh, lead to the success and the movement that we're talking about. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you, Martha, so much for joining me today. And I, I absolutely love talking to you about some of these insights and, and how you can create those wellness plans. And yeah, this has been great. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I always appreciate speaking with you as well. And, and I really hope that, um, that there are nuggets that people can take away that they can, that they can apply to and, um, and know that, uh, know that they're, they're doing a great job, whatever, and wherever they are on the continuum uh, to keep going with it is super important. Absolutely. And, and thank you all for joining Doran's Injury Prevention Academy. Tune in next time to learn more about even more of the innovative steps and programs taking place in today's world of safety. Thank you.